0: Hello! I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. How is everyone this wonderful Twitter Thursday? Uh, we got football tonight, so by the time you listen to this, probably some games happened. Uh, we'll do some sort of recap tomorrow, I would imagine. It's probably the best bet. I know, I'm not going to be able to watch 12 games between now and tomorrow. Um, I'm actually going to the studio here in a couple minutes to watch the Steeler game and then host the post-game show after that. Then I'll get home at like one in the morning or so. It's like two hours after the game. I'll do all the preseason games. Um, If it's a home game, I go to Heinz Field and do it. If it's a road game, we do it from the radio station. So I won't be watching other games tonight, but I plan on it tomorrow going through some. Um, Let's get to some questions here quick. Um, NY Glim asks, projections for Odell's contract. 18? I mean, Watkins got 16, right? I mean, Von Miller's almost making 20. I gotta say 18-ish, right in that neighborhood. Uh, FHot97 says, your boy Nick Chubb getting a lot of good pub at training camp. Any predictions for tonight? Uh, I don't know about tonight. Um, we're We're gonna kind of ignore tonight because by the time you listen to this, probably tonight is last night. Um, I like Hyde. I like Duke Johnson. But I think Chubb can be special. I think he can be a lead the league in yards type of guy a year or two from now. Um, Speaking of which, I'm going to rewind here in a second. But I think Chubb becomes the clear starter by like midway through the season. First half of the season struggles to get touches here and there. You know, trust Hyde a little more, protection. Use Duke and uh, as a receiver, receiving back as always, but I think Chubb goes past all those guys sooner than later. I also think he's a better receiver than people realize. But a lot of your questions revolve around um, Hard Knocks, and I did watch it since we talked, and so I'll just give you my quick overview. First of all, I think it's a very good show. I mean, I I think the entertainment value of that show every year is excellent. Like my 11-year-old son loves it, you know. I mean, and and you you do get to peel things back a little bit. Those guys do know they're on camera, though. I mean, some things slip, and you know. But I think they have to approve everything before it goes out. Um, Really felt for Hugh Jackson. I mean, the losing your two very very close family members in that short amount of time is just terrible. Felt for him quite a bit. Made for some strange awkward moments on TV as well. And, you know, the football person in me sitting there thinking, man, it'd be really hard to concentrate on leading a winless team with a that's very young and with a lot of new guys, including two new quarterbacks and new offensive coordinator under such circumstances. But I also thought that two didn't come across strong to me. And I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about as a football coach, as a head football coach. You know, he has to tell the room that it's his team. You know, how many head coaches have to do that? You know, like, yeah, we know it's your team there, Coach Belichick. You know, like, you think anyone else has to, it's just known. You know, you think that, I thought he came across as soft and um, the whole thing about not getting, you know, allowing guys to sit out. And you got, in that situation, anyone, I, I would agree with Jarvis Landry. Get your ass on the field. So another thing that bothered me, and it bothered me when he said it, too, a while back, that it almost kind of made me feel like he's detached from the city he's in, that, you know, if things don't go well this year, I'm going to jump in Lake Erie. You know, like, so, you know, like, and he made it into a charity event and we're cleansing all the losses. Okay, that's fine. But when he said it, I was almost, you know, a while back, was like, Dude, I mean, I live two hours from Lake Erie. We drive up there every 4th of July to jump in the lake because it's fun. That's what people do. I mean, it's hot out. You know, like, jump in the lake in January if you're going to do You know what I mean? Like, here, you know, how you like that? Jump in the lake in January if you screw up again, you know. Anyway, um, I, I'm not impressed with the organization, the leadership, all the things that I've worried about from the beginning with these guys. Um, Daniel Lufter asks, what's the biggest weakness for the Saints? They're my second-ranked team, and I have a hard time finding weaknesses. You know, I mean, I think their biggest weakness was pass rush, with the obvious exception of Jordan. And they have some defensive tackles people don't know about that are good players. But can Davenport fill that as a rookie? Um, They obviously think so. Two first-round picks to acquire them. But I bet that's still not a strength. Other than that, man, I mean, I don't see a lot of weaknesses with that. Uh, Mark Andre Sweeney asks, are the Denver wide receivers going to be any good this year? Hearing great things about Sutton. And I actually think Emmanuel Sanders' best days are probably behind him. And that he's lost some of his quickness and explosion at this age. And it wouldn't shock me at all if before long in two receiver sets, it's Demarius and Sutton. That's two big body dudes that you would think would help in the run game, make you a more physical offense, win with run game defense. I think Thomas could have a big year. I also think Hamilton, the mid-round pick, has a chance to be good. I was a big Carlos Henderson fan, too, and he just all of a sudden is seems to be pissing his career away way a little bit. But um, to answer your question, I do think their wide receivers will be quite good this year, above average as a unit. Tight end positions, very worrisome, of course. All right, all right. I am asked also, 2016 first-round rookie wide receivers, I assume this stems off the Coleman podcast we just did. All have underperformed to date. Who is the most likely to succeed? I've been reading good things about Treadwell. Doesn't seem like opportunity will be there, though. I'm also excited about Coleman on the Bills. Am I crazy? I think this is good for Coleman, um, certainly from an opportunity perspective and certainly from a Bills perspective, but it's also one of the worst situations out there in terms of quarterback and offenses to be And I, Like I said, I think that's the worst offense in the league. And you know how well is he going to handle the weather and things like that? I and mean, There's better places he could have gone. Dallas, for example, would have been much better. But getting out of Cleveland, I think, will be good for him. I don't think his career is over by any stretch. I've been reading good things about Treadwell as well, Um, but there is opportunity. I mean, he could easily win the number three job, and teams are in 11 personnel more than any uh, personnel grouping in the league. And Diggs and Thielen are both very adept out of the slot, where Treadwell, to me, is an outside guy. He was my favorite of the group coming out. Like I say, I mean, I thought he was a better separator than he is. I thought he's been very disappointing, I mean, clearly. Will Fuller is what he is. He's the other. There's two others, Fuller and Doxon. Um, But I don't think Fuller has a real high ceiling. So Doxson would be the guy that I would pick, um, who's most likely to succeed. It's kind of a make-or-break year for all these guys. Less so for Fuller. But I think Doxson to me, has a real chance to possibly be the Redskins' number one, and certainly their deep threat. But I think he brings more to that. A lot of red zone. Um, go up and get it mentality. So I like Doxon. He would be my choice of who's most likely to quote hit out of those groups. Um, Lionel Leal asked me, which NFL team will an NFL team ever create a rotation like pitchers in baseball, maybe increase rosters and quarterback longevity. I don't think so. I mean, that has been tried in the past, most famously. And by the look of your picture, you're a little younger than me. Um, Landry did it with the the uh, Staubach-Morton. They did every other series. It was crazy. You know, I mean, that was in the 70s, obviously, early 70s. I just think that position has to command the team, even if he's not the best quarterback in the league or the best quarterback, you know, out there. I think you you have to build an offense around their strengths, Um you know, Mike Lombardi often says quarterbacks are like baseball stadiums. You know, they're all different and you cater your team around your quarterback. So if you have two of them, unless they're of identical skill sets and strengths and weaknesses, which isn't going to happen, you'd almost have to have two different playbooks. Um, so the short answer, I really don't think so. I mean, I really don't. Um, Joshua Carlson asks, with the move to the passing game, do you see a team taking advantage of Of that by with the running game. For example, if a team is eleven personnel and the DS six DBs on the field, you see a team with a good old line keep running the ball until the D adjusts. Then somebody also asked a very similar question and also lumps in the Jags here. You know, I mean, could a run first team kind of zig when the other teams uh, the rest of the league zags, and that you know reminds me of Belichick a little. And I hear you. Just throwing the ball is a much more efficient way to move it, though. You know, I mean, think about everything that has to go right to pick up four or five yards on the ground. You know, snap the ball, hand it to somebody else, which takes a minute or two, and five, six, seven blockers pretty much better win their block, or at least tie. If one loses, chances are the run gets blown up, whereas snap it, get out of your hands, boom, on a quick hitting pass or an RPO, Um, is much easier way to move the football. But I do think there's still a place for it. I mean, I know the whole basketball and grass thing is taking over and positionless football, and that is fun. But with the rules today, too, I mean, it's just so advantageous to throw the ball. You know, they've set it up that way. That's what the fans want to see. You know, I think the running game is still important to close teams out, you know, for sure. Um, Big believer in, like, Second and one, second and two, third and one, third and two. Hand the ball off, get the first, keep the chains moving. You know, I mean, so I hear what you're saying, but, and there is a place for it. I mean, I always think that thinking outside the box or going against the grain is often a very good approach, but, you know, it takes an awful lot of handoffs to churn your way down the field and get points. Joshua Silber asked me, What was your evaluation of Trent Richardson coming out of Alabama? Were there any warning signs that he would bust so hard by year two? Uh, I totally missed on him like everyone else. I mean, I thought he was, at the time, as good a running back prospect as I had ever seen. I remember uh, one of my duties at ESPN, his rookie year. I always hated these, these ones, by the way. But it would be like, all right, Matt, predict who the best five running backs in the league will be five years from now. And don't include guys that are in college, you know. Because I did, or in high school for that matter, seniors in high school. Um, that was always kind of a dumb exercise to me, but I guess it sold. But I remember writing it, Richardson's right after he got drafted. It was like that down period where you're looking for articles to write, really. And I predicted Richardson would be the best back in the league five years from then. You know, after before I'd ever seen him play a snap. And even his rookie year in Cleveland, I thought he was pretty good and a better receiver than I suspected at that time too. But he totally busted out. I mean, clearly. Joshua Silber also asked me, what active coaches outside of Belichick have a shot at the Hall of Fame? Belichick's obviously in. Um, Like, to me, Andy Reid's about as good a coach as you could be that doesn't get in. You know, like, he's the prototype for the Hall of Very Good. A lot of wins, highly successful year after year, but I don't think so. Uh, I think Tomlin's probably in that neighborhood, too. McCarthy, I don't think, is in the conversation. The only one I can really come up with is in Seattle, Sherman. I mean, is he... And I think he's still a no. I mean, there are a lot of wins for Seattle over the last five, six, seven years, including a Super Bowl. But, I mean, to me, no. I mean, I think it's probably only Belichick. Is that... Am I missing somebody? I mean, I don't think so. I mean... The young guys are It's way too early to talk about McVeigh or, you know, Philadelphia situation or even Atlanta or, you know. How about Sean Payton? No. I I think I put Payton in ahead of Tomlin but behind Reed. And they're all Hall of Very Goods to me, I think. So, no, there you have it. Um... We had another good one here I just overlooked for a minute. Uh, where the heck is it? Then i got to get out of here. I actually have to be in the studio in about 45 minutes. And it's a good half hour away, and i got to get this out published for you. Um, the last one is going to be over under 28 touchdown re- th- passes for Kirk Cousins this year. Um, in all these situations, the smart money is always take the under because... Injuries. I mean, if the dude gets injured, well, then you win your bet. I mean, he pretty much has to stay healthy to hit these any of these kind of numbers, and that's true, Not true. It's true for Cousins, but for everyone. And as I've mentioned, I am worried about Cousins taking more hits or taking a lot of hits. Last year, he took a ton of hits um, behind a suspect offensive line. But I probably will go. Ooh, that's a good number though. Sixteen games. I mean, two a game gets you over. Um, If we operate that he's under the assumption that, yes, he plays 16 games, I think I'll take the over. You know, I mean, I think that Cook will catch a lot of passes. Wouldn't shock me if it's a run-first offense, but I could see, you know, Rudolph always catches quite a few. I think Cook will take a screen or two to the house, you know, for some long ones, long ones potentially. Obviously, the receivers are exceptional. I mentioned Treadwell. I don't really care about him at this stage. I guess I'll go over on Cousins, Um, but that's a pretty good number. I mean, I think that's realistic for sure. All right, everyone, like I said, i got to run. Tomorrow we will recap all the news. Hopefully they're not littered with injuries or bad things. Hopefully it's a bunch of, Sam Darnold looked great, those type of things. All right, take care. We'll see you later.